This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Haven't, mate. I've just started recording. Is that recording? And if it's, if it's not, I'm going to hit you. And if it is, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, it's recording. Told you. Who is that? Um, man, me, Danny. Danny. He doesn't look anything like you. He's good looking, this guy. And I don't mean that in any kind of way. So don't. You've got the same haircut. Do I, t- I don't know if I want to turn your mic on. I should. I wrote all this for you. Yeah, it's your job, mate. Well, actually, I wrote the last bit for you. I don't know if I want to turn his mic on or not, because the attitude. It's on. Don't blow it. Yeah. Don't answer back. I'm just happy that you've okay. put my mic on. Know your place, my friend. Where is Kelly? Oh, she's in, she's in another dimension. She's mudding it up in Glasgow. Mm. <sighs> yes. Okay, what have we got here? Let's have a little look. Are you happy with this, this final draft of yours? Yeah, it's had three writers. Right, okay. Have like you checked it? You know, don't pass the book. This is your responsibility. Um, you yeah. Okay. I, can, I can crush you. I can crush you like a fly. Not a fly, because they're actually quite hard to catch. All right, I can. There is on the on the floor of my bathroom. This is a true story. There is a dead fly. If I wanted to, I could crush it, or I could um, wrap my hand in about seven, eight rolls of toilet paper, pick it up like that, and then drop it in the toilet, and then flush it. Okay. You could flush me. I could do either of those right. things to you. You are that dead fly. You oh. are lower than that dead fly on my bathroom floor. Why are you saving a dead fly? I just can't be bothered. I'm hoping that my wife does it or one of the boys eats it. Uh, saving it for conversations like this. He's doing it again. Shh. Gonna crush him. Can I have a little go as well? The last person I crushed, um, well, his, his name was Ricky Gervais and actually went on to be uh, quite... Um, I've crushed other people since then better. Who? Sasha Baron Cohen, ever heard of him? Yeah. No, you haven't. No. I crushed, I, I crushed him. Oh. I've crushed loads of famous people before they were fam- Hello and welcome into Ian Lee's podcast. It's me. Join me as I take you on a wondrous journey. Buckle up. Who wrote this? Kelly. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Actually, I wrote that. This is Terrible. rubbish. It was Kelly. She's good. Buckle up and hold on tight. Here's the first nut job. <laughs> I mean, nice caller that rang me this week. Colin in Harpenden. Good morning, Colin. Good morning. What was that noise? Morning. You, no, before that, there was a. Oh, oh. No, good morning. No, nothing. Yeah, but no, but before that, <laughs> you went. Oh, yeah. oh, it must have been the dogs, aren't it, though? The dog. It was coming from. It was your voice, unless your no, dog. I don't know. You went. You did. I don't know him. You did. You went. I don't oh. know him. And you and you know what what effect it had on me? What? They just give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it really did. It really, really did. What have you got for us, Cole? Yeah, underwater. I played yes. a prank on my three children. Oh, that beautiful! Underwater for my, my more than five minutes. What? How did you do that, mate? Well, down Batford River Lee in Hampton. Yes, you got the you got the ford where it, and the, the waterfall where it goes over and drops. Yeah. So all four of us lined up, and it, it was put your head underneath the waterfall and hold your breath the longest. Yeah. So like, we all went under, and they just popped up, I don't know, after, two, uh, after 30 seconds. Yeah, lightweight. Popped their heads out, yeah. Yeah, idiots. I just carried on holding my breath, and by the time I, it was passers by, and I'd gone more than five minutes, and they were trying to pull me out, and in the end, I just stood up and said, what's the matter? And they couldn't believe it. I said, well, there's a little pocket of air. If you go further in, oh, there's a pocket of air. Hey, you terrified your kids for the sake of a laugh. I, I like your style. I, I like your style. Got Is on, it man. true, right, because yeah. you see this in films, that behind every waterfall, there's like a secret cave that's either got pirate treasure or dinosaurs in? Exactly, I found it. Did you find it? Yeah, you could eat, it's the erosion of the rocks and everything. It's you the Asians in, in the rocks. It's the the Asians yeah. in the rocks. Yeah, people hide things in, behind in the in, Hang on a minute. in the void. Well, you just talked about illegal migrants. There are Asians hiding behind waterfalls. Not Asians, no treasure. You said. Oh, oh, right. Okay, fine. Thank you, Colin. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Guys, be honest. Am I an idiot? Yeah. Don't be that honest. Oh. This stupid, ugly kid reckons I am. E- you are an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Ouch.
You can hear an adult laughing there. Yeah. All right. Paul, I said, listen, if you want your kids to send in um, uh, jingles for the show, please do. Paul has sent in one. Uh, Ian has requested, here's my son Wilson's jingle effort. Sight unseen, Paul. Thank you. Let's have a little listen to this. Here we go. You are listening to oh. Ian Lee. Oh, thank BBC you, BBC Three Counties thank Radio. You, young man. What an idiot. Oh, you are... That, that is bang out of order. Kids, can you stop calling me an idiot? One of those stupid, ugly kids ran back to admit... I am broken Britain. Isn't they? Probably, probably drunk on, on, on glue pie. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Not you. Oh. Her. Oh. What? Knock, knock. Who's there? Forget it. Catherine, do you want to do this bit with me? Knock, knock. Who's there? Snuffer's great story. Snuffer's great story who? Snuffer's great story here. Nice one. Who's there? Sorry? What? Did I say you could speak? Knock, knock. Good morning, how are you? I'm all right, um, Snuffer's. Ever taken a picture of you, what's it, and sent it to a lady so you could see her doodah? Um, not that I can recall. OK, what um, have you called him for? Um... Underwater stories. Oh, yeah, this is one of the, the top topics of the week. Underwater stories, Snuffers, what have you got for us? Um, I, used, I used to live in, in South Africa, and I uh, became good friends with a, uh, a doctor there, and we used to go fishing, but we used to go spear fishing. Ooh, um, yeah, the, on, the only way to fish. So manly. It's either spear fishing or tickling a trout. That's the only way to fish, I find, these yeah, days. Guddling, guddling, that's what you call tickling a trout. C- cuddling a trout? You, you lie on a riverbank and stick your hands under the bank and you tickle oh. the fish. Oh, cheeky, anyway, sir. Yes. Um, and so we used, to, yeah, we used to go spear fishing and we, went, we basically went spear fishing one evening. It was about seven, eight o'clock. And, um, and he was the only one who used the spear gun. I wasn't allowed to use it because I, I was a bit haphazard. Um, and um, we, we were basically spear fishing. We'd spear fishing for about, I don't know, half an hour. Yeah. And um, we got caught in a bit of a, a bad current kind of coming past a few rocks. Yeah. And he got swept backwards and inadvertently shot himself through the leg, through the thigh, <sighs> with his spear gun. Sir. And it was about a, a 12 inch, 12 inch spear. Eesh. Went straight through his, straight into his thigh. Probably missed coming out the other side by about, I don't know, three inches. Um, and it was just this pool of, pool of kind of red. That'll and, be blood. Um, that'll be blood snuffers. I don't want to break it to you. Yeah, that'll, that'll be yeah. hum- actual blood. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but that's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, good call. And so we we kind of I, I kind of swam swam back with him to the to the shore, got him got him back out, and he could kind of hobble, but very slightly. Yeah. And so I said, right, we'll get you to a, a hospital. And um, he was like, nonsense, absolute nonsense. Oh, and these so sappers are hard, aren't they? We went, yeah, we went we went back to his surgery, yeah. and he basically kind of numbed the pain, took yeah. his took the spear out of his own leg. Oh. So did... So Hang on, did the spear was still in his leg? The spear was still in his oh, leg. Oh, gosh. The spear was still in this his is leg. The, this is... Snuffers, can I just stop you? This is the greatest story ever told. Oh, no, hang on, that's the Bible. <laughs> this is the second greatest story ever told. Continue, sir. Um, and so he very reluctantly let me drive his car. Yeah. But I drove him back to his surgery. He took the, took the spear out of his leg, sewed himself up, yeah. and then he was like, right, I'll drop you at home. And I was like, um, okay. So he dropped me at home, and basically about, I don't know, five or six weeks later, we were talking about it, and he lost all the nerves and his, lost all the nerve and feeling in the top of his thigh oh, yeah. because of the spear that's gone through. So he now uses it as a bit of a party trick. At a restaurant, he'll pour something like, he'll deliberately get something kind of poured on his leg, like coffee, something like that, and he just yeah. can't feel it. So, so it would have to be something hot for it to be impressive, wouldn't it? Otherwise, it's just liquid. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Snuffers, incredible. Almost as almost as outrageous as the time I uh, trod on a sea urchin. Almost. I mean, almost, yeah. Uh, we'll add it to the list. Have you ever pierced your own flesh and ever performed an operation on yourself? The list just keeps growing, doesn't it? Oh, three. Thank you, Snuffers. Oh, three. Leslie in Luton called in. Now, we're not sure what he wanted or what he was going on about, but if we had to sit through it, then you guys have to sit through it as well. OK, Leslie, I'm going to go through the topics for you and uh, let's see which ones you can go for, OK? Right. Have you ever died? Many times. Oh. Hang on a minute. Well, the when? Tell us, tell us the, the last time you died. I died about um, two years ago. And I came back. Uh, <laughs> you died I'm about... Just, no, I'm just... I'm, I'm just... Clip that. Pass out. I didn't know what I passed out, but I'll just pass it on the floor. 
No, hang on. Did you pass out or did you die? No, because you could. Uh, you, you're, you're probably thinking that you die every night about half past eleven, and you come back to life at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning. That's called sleeping, Leslie. No, well, I've got no chance of dying half past eleven. I'm at work. Okay, what, have you ever actually died? I don't really think so. Oh. Ever been to a hot place? What sort of place? Hot. Yeah, the last time I was in Barbados, that was hot. It, now, it's, uh, Barbados, I bet, is too hot, isn't it? Yeah, it is very hot. Yeah, it's too hot. What do you do to cool down in Barbados? Have a, have a, a lolly? No, you, you can't. Cold is all, you all can't have lollies in Barbados? More. No, because do, it's all to make your body sweat more. Do they have um, 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 mini milks? Mini what? Mini milks. You may know them as mini milks. No, I don't. Do they have funny feet in Barbados? Pardon? Do they have funny feet? Yeah, they got them all, mate. Barbados is a... When you're in Barbados, you're still in England. That's why it's called England. I bet they don't have a knobbly bobbly. They got them all. (laughs) Fab? You go to the supermarket and they got them all there. Okay. Well, well, you, you're, one one thing, England. if I could pick you up on, when you say you're when you go to Barbados, you're still in England. That's not true. You're actually in Barbados. Have you got any underwater stories? I can't swim, so I, I leave that alone. High stories? No, I don't like heights. Ever seen a cat's bum? Uh, <laughs> I don't look that far. Have you ever pierced your flesh? Many times. When? Is this the same as when yeah, you when died? Yeah, when you died and it never happened. What if you stuck no, in you, Leslie? I, I, I do pierce my flesh when I've got uh, uh, bumps or something. When you've got bumps, you pierce your flesh? Yeah, okay. I the bump. And have you ever operated on yourself? Many times I stitch myself up. Oh, here we go, here we go. He's like Rambo. Tell us the last time you stitched yourself up, you fantasist. <laughs> When I've had a, a, a big cut, so I just take a little needle and bear the pain and stitch it up. Do you really sew your own cuts up? Why don't you... They've got these things now called plasters. No, plasters wouldn't help. Plasters just make it worse. <laughs> plasters don't make it worse? Um, shall, plasters, I tell a story I the, shall I tell a story I read in the papers? Yeah, go on, why not? Daily? Yes, boss? Le- Leslie's going to tell us a story read in the papers. OK. OK. <laughs> <laughs> it it is about a footballer, but I won't call no names, right? Yeah. Yeah, go on. I'm already. I'm worried. The fact that about I'm a football... footballer. Yeah. Right? Oh god. Am Am I allowed to say sex? You can say sex, but nothing else. Just say yeah. You can okay, say sex, yeah. but but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Famous footballer had sex in a in a famous supermarket car park, right? Right. It cost my hundred and forty pounds. I understand. But I think if he had had it in one of the German supermarket car park, it would have been cheaper. OK, thanks for calling, Leslie. Cheers. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> a Bedfordshire carpenter claims he's become a one-man border patrol, like the A-team, but there were five in the A-team. They never killed anybody. He's no. not killed anybody either. No. Thanks to the number of illegal immigrants jumping out of lorries at Toddington Services. Chris Gadsden says he regularly rounds up stowaways. Well, on the show, Richard Howitt, the Labour MEP for the Eastern Region, joined me. Here he is, ignoring every question that I ask him. And so just, just, just how would you put your, uh, the, the minds at ease of the people you represent? By listening to Mr Gadsden himself, who says that the people that are coming out of lorries are subdued, are calm. They're just people who need water and food. By listening to Bedfordshire police, who say it's six people that have been found. By listening to people well, like well, the... Who do, who, the do we, uh, who do we believe? Bedfordshire police like the or, refuge, or Chris Gadsden, like who the refugee ag- agent, Like the refugee agency in Bedford, who actually want a more rational uh, debate to understand who the migrants are and to understand their personal histories and who show some compassion. And there are a lot of people in churches, in voluntary organisations, who are part of our proud community in Bedfordshire who don't have a harsh uh, attitude towards immigration and good for them. Uh, Is Chris Gadsden a liar? I just said Mr Gadsden is himself saying the people are subdued and calm. No, he also said that he found 30 people last week. You're saying that's not true. Is is he a liar? He also said on your news bulletin uh, uh, at 8 o'clock 
that um, that that people hadn't been uh, violent or threatening, yeah. but that of course for him and his family he was worried about but it. The of I think that's telling the truth, and I feel and so, I feel compassion so are, with him. Okay, so, so but just specifically on the figure that he said, let's say thirty people last week, is is, is that a lie? Well, obviously, I'm not standing in a field in Bedfordshire. I'm not going to say that is or isn't. I don't know that. What I what I do know okay. is that the job, if there are illegal illegality at any level, including illegal immigration, is for the police. And when I read not on BBC Three Counties, but in the tabloids that a farmer is rounding up illegal immigrants. It's not the job of any of us who's a citizen to round people up. I'm sure Mr Gadsden himself didn't use that language. It's the language of the tabloids. But my message to everyone listening is if you see and hear illegality, the one number you ring is that of the police. And in this instance, the police have dealt with six people and good for them for doing so. OK, so you're sticking with the figure of six and, and ignoring Mr Gadsden's figure of 30. I say I feel compassion for Mr. Gaston. He's worried for his I don't see what that sentence family, has to do with the question I just asked you. <laughs> with the greatest respect, Richard, I, that, that, what you've just said, said has got no relation said, to the I, question that came before. I said before. I'm not standing in the field, field in Bedfordshire counting okay. numbers and neither are you. And I, with respect, neither of us know the answer. Well, neither no, of no, us but, know. But, no, no, but again, Richard, I'm, I'm not having it. <laughs> You're not going to get away with it. Are you, he has said 30 people. You're disputing that. You don't believe that. Well, I've also read that he said 60 people, so obviously different newspapers so and reports he's, report no, he's, different he's, things. He, so so we, we, is it the 30 you've just said or the yeah, 60 that Sky News said? Which is the, it? I, I can tell you, Richard, it's the 30 in a week, it's 60 over a longer period of time. OK, well, so, uh, so it's let's like start counting, counting which days. You don't know and I don't know. I don't no, criticise do. you for that. Richard, but, no, Richard, but I do Richard, want I, I, I a rational, from... calm... <laughs> A rational, calm debate about well, immigration. Well, then answer the question, think, Richard. Do you think he the question said... Is, I don't... Politicians he, uh, must politicians must be honest. No, it's well, been no, no, a, a lack of trust in politicians know, Richard, that has pe- caused the problem in our country. And if you don't know an answer to a question, them. you have to say, I don't know. No, if you don't know, be honest and say, I don't know. I don't know the numbers and I'm not going to pretend I do. No, I, no, and no, I don't no, think I'm you do either. You, no, Richard, I do. I'm telling you the numbers that he has told us, OK, whether that's true or not. He has seen 30 in the last week, 60 over an extended period of time. Do you believe him or do you think he's lying? It's a very straightforward I, question. Do you I believe him, yes or no? I don't disbelieve him. I've got no reason <laughs> and no wish to do disbelieve wonder, him. Do you wonder why That's Labour did so badly, answer, Ross? Do you wonder why Labour did so badly in the last election with, with the fudging of questions like that, sir? I don't believe that uh, we didn't win the seat in Bedford uh, because I'm <laughs> being very honest, saying if I don't know an answer, I don't know it. But and I not... think there's respect in amongst people who okay. are voters, even if they okay. don't, uh, however they vote, if politicians try and be honest, but also on an incendiary issue at the okay. moment, which is very toxic in British politics about immigration, yeah. with people, not you, not the BBC, but people on that. the far right, including those people marching in Luton this Saturday, okay. who want to inflame this debate. And the fact that I'm trying to have that debate, and I believe the BBC plays a brilliant role on this, so I All make right. no criticism of you, but I'm trying to have this debate in a calm, rational, reasoned way, based on fact, not inflaming the debate. Well, I believe I'm... that reflects well on the Labour Party, not badly. Here's an old person interrupt. Why don't you ever go? This is this is your big break, okay? Oh. People say, um, uh, "How did you get into showbiz?" And I say, "Well, um, I slept with the right people." You crushed Ricky Gervais. Steady. Uh, so I'm going to give you. This is your break. And right. when you look back, either as a down and out living under a park bench or a successful multi-millionaire media person, what was your big break? You'll say it was when Ian Lee. It'll be Sir Ian Lee then probably. Let me do a link on the podcast. So this is it. This is sliding doors. You know sliding doors. You should watch it. She's got a great haircut. It's sliding doors. You're either about to get on the underground train. Or not get under on the underground right. Directed by Joey from not friends, um, from Bread. Red. So, you're Joey from Bread, you're about to get an under on an underground train or not. Where you go. Here's an old person interrupting a caller. He didn't get on the train, did he? Oh, I don't know what that is. Hello. Good morning, Veronica. Good morning. What would you like to say? Well, I operated on myself. Oi, ay, ay. Hi, Chihuahua. I what, did, what did you do? Well, 
what happened was I had an accident at work. Hang on a second, Tony. I... Tony, put your he- Tony Blackburn's joining us now. Tony, put your headphones on. Yes. Veronica's going to tell us how she operated on herself. Operate on herself in what way? Well, let, let's listen and find yeah, out. I'm okay. interested. Yeah, I'm, me too. Well, I'm glad. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's why we're doing it. Blimey. Okay. So yes, go. I had an accident at work and I slammed a safe door on my thumb. And it went, it's like in the cartoons. It went immediately black and huge sobbing and it yeah. was just awful. Did it go but completely lived... flat? No, it didn't actually. Oh, okay, it just okay. got really huge. Oh, actually, it did for a few seconds and then it went huge. What did you do to your thumb? I slammed it in a safe door. Yeah. I've done exactly the same. Isn't that interesting? Look, you, you have look to, at that. Oh, blame it. You have to speak loudly because he's getting on a bit. Yeah, it is. Your <laughs> thumb is <laughs> look black. At that. Look at that. Um, an electric door, I, it, it actually went into my thumb like that. Yes. I had to rip it away. And if you can imagine, that was hanging off. And I ended up in... Uh, it, I didn't operate on myself, obviously. Yeah, well, you're, you're not as Nine tough as Veronica. stitches in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're not tough, though. You come on, Veronica, put him to, to shame. Oh, come on. Put him to shame. Oh. Mine's military, you see. Yes. Ex-military, so you do these sort of things. Yeah. So anyway, so what happened was I lived in Huntingdon and the A&E didn't have anyone that could x-ray it that evening. So I I was told to come back the next morning, but the pain was just incredible. It was the worst in the world. Leave her alone, Blackbird. This is is a naff naff story because mine was worse. (laughs) Excuse me, just hang on a second, you'll see. So anyway, so... I'm there, and I ring up, ring up the A&E again. I said, look, for goodness sake, you've got to help me. Yeah, so she please. says, if it was me, but I can't recommend this to you, yeah. what I would do is I'd make a hole in the nail. So I said, well, how can I do that? Oh. She says, get a paper clip, yeah. heat it up to white hot, and yes. push it through the nail. Yeah, Take, releases so the pressure. Oh yeah, It does. So here am I, and I've got a large glass of brandy, yeah. sat next to the gas cooker Good with girl. a paper clip. Beautiful. Three o'clock in the morning. Oh. White hot paper clip. Pushed it to my nail. Oh, the pain, the pain, the pain. So then brandy, heat up the paper clip again, push it through the nail, brandy. And, and it went on like that for about four or five attempts of trying to do it. But let me tell you, when I broke through, the yeah. relief was just amazing. Can I, so I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, uh, uh, Veronica. Tony, stop it. stop it. Come on. Paul Scoynes, the political reporter, has, has come in because he, he wants to hear this story. Yeah. And while you're telling your story, Veronica, which is amazing, thank you. Nothing next to Tony's, mine. Tony's <laughs> leaning over to Paul going, have a look at this. Well, it's well, Stop trying say. to steal her thunder. <laughs> Nine stitches in this. She... And it was hanging off this. Uh, if oh, I hadn't... For goodness if I, this, this thumb would no longer be there if I hadn't... She went to... had to become an alcoholic to deal with her pain. <laughs> So you managed, yeah, did, did you I was an alcoholic before I had this. I did spend 14 years in the Air Force, so I was probably halfway What's there already. What's that got to do with a thumb? Don't, you can't, she served her, she <laughs> served her so country. What? So what? So what? <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, yeah, great she served her country, but it's not, got nothing to do with a thumb story, is it? Right. He has got the a The brandy point. has, yeah. I was in the brownies. No, no, it's the brandy. Brandy, steady, not steady. brownies. A lot of your sort were. So, um, okay, so Veronica... <laughs> <laughs> Veronica, is it, it's your, but your your thumb is okay now. You managed to pierce the nail. Yeah, and I saved the nail. It never fell off. Well, that is that is wonderful, and I can only yeah. apologise for one of our senior broadcasters here at BBC Three did, Counties. Did she keep the nail? Just just please, <laughs> Veronica, but go, go, please have a nice day and try not to let uh, Tony Blackburn have spoilt it for you. <laughs> Thank care. you very much indeed. Paul Scoynes joins us. Good morning, Paul. Morning. Political Hello. reporter for BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello. You've met Tony before, haven't yes, you? Yes, yeah. Have you broadcast with Tony? Times. No. You can't get a no. flipping word in edgeways with him. What are you talking? You can talk. Yeah, I, well, I can't when you're in. That's the problem. <laughs> I can't. I've got a uh, chopping off your thumb story as well. Have you? I uh, sliced off the top of this thumb whilst Hang chopping... on, you've got a... Chop, chop, chop. You story. Wow, OK, that's fantastic. Yeah, OK, let's... Uh... Let's hear your... Chop, chop, chop. There we go, yes, come on. <laughs> I once... Uh, chop, chop, chop. Uh, the end of my thumb off, uh, chopping yeah. spring onions. Oh, what? nasty business. It's very... <laughs> nasty. It was. Nasty can business, we see, that. Can we see the tip of your thumb? You, you can. You can only really just see the... Uh... Well, it's not... Yeah, it, yeah, it's not as bad as mine, though, is it? Once again. I think that. I, in the, in the thumb... Stories. This is the big, big one. Okay. This... I mean, nine stitches. Yeah. Wow. I mean, nine gosh. Stitches. And, I, and I had it th- uh, sort of bandaged for three months. Wow. That, yeah. uh, you know, they say never meet, meet your heroes. Yeah. <laughs> this week on my show, I had one of my all-time favourite ever. No, it wasn't Justin talking to a man about Stonehenge. It was, in fact, when I got to my all-time ever what? Don't know. This Who week wrote on this? Did you my all-time favourite ever. No, Ollie wrote this. Ollie. 
the cleaner, the old cleaner. We've, we're employing her now to, to make up for the fact she's not got a job anymore. No, the other Ollie. This week on my show, I had one of my all-time favourite ever... Chats. No, it wasn't just into talking to a man about Stonehenge. Oh, no, this is good, this bit, and Ollie's now ruined it. It was, in fact, when I got to speak to Owen, Owen Elliot Kugel. Daughter of anybody? Yeah, Cass Elliot. Mama Cass to you, slackers. And she's the most delightful woman in the world. Have a listen to this. Owen, it's, it's genuinely an honour to speak to you. We are very, very big fans of uh, your mum here at uh, on this show, and we're constantly kind of digging out Cass Elliot tunes... Uh, mm. from her back catalogue. She, I mean, well, the, the thing that frustrates me about your mum is that her solo albums kind of, they sort of managed to sneak away without people being that aware of them in some instances. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, that's largely the, the catalogue, the RCA catalogue, um, really the post-Mamas and Papas. Yeah. My mother had a couple of records that came out that were, that were, uh, that were successful in um, in the solo way, make your own kind of music. It's getting better, but there were definitely some great records towards the end of her career that, yeah, they they've been swept under the rug. One in particular, particular that she made in London. Now, which that which one was that? Was that that wasn't the uh, that was the Cass Elliot album, wasn't it? No, it was uh, The Road Is No Place ah, For A Lady. Ah, yeah. She made it. And it's odd because I, I, the, they were really hard to track down on CD, and I've managed to track them down. Um, and they're brilliant. And I can't understand why they're not, you know, kind of regarded as classic albums. Oh, you're breaking my heart. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it, too. But the, the record company that... that uh, she made those records for RCA, which is now BMG. Mm. Um, they don't. They don't see the commercial value in those records, so they they never did anything with them. They don't see so the treasure sad. they're sitting on. And if anyone wants to, uh, and also the uh, uh, "Don't Call Me Mama" anymore, the live album. Yeah, that's just a joy, isn't it? And it kind of shows. It highlights a that she was an amazing singer, uh, and uh, b that she was just. She was just so funny and relaxed, wasn't she? Yeah, she she was, and and she really came, came into her own towards the, the the latter part of her career. And um, yeah, and what I like about those records, about those those last three records in particular that she made, was was that when she finally made the break um, away from Dunhill Records, which was the which was the label that the Mamas and Papas had recorded for, and that she had recorded for subsequently her first couple of records, when she finished that contract and she went on to a contract of her very own with RCA, um, she was able to finally choose music that she really wanted to sing. Oh, and she was going towards more of a Broadway feel, wasn't she, towards the end? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really where she started, if you Mm -hmm. want to know the truth. I mean, really, the truth is that my mother went to New York City when she was 19 to become a star on Broadway. Isn't it true she and went up against Barbara Streisand at one point for a part? She did. They they auditioned for the <laughs> same part in I Can Get It For You Wholesale. Which wow. Course, hard which job for that producer. <laughs> yeah. What a hard job to choose between those two. Uh, you're celebrating this week because she's finally got uh, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. How... Well, she will be getting the star okay. on the Walk of Fame. They announced the class of 2016, if you will. Right, okay. Uh, the next the next batch of, of stars that will be honoured within that year. Now, why is, this, one of them. why is this so important to you? Mm, it's important to me because long after my time on this planet has expired, um, her, her name is still going to be on a star on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And for... God willing, hundreds of years to come. And, and my fantasy is that one day a small child might be walking with his parents on that street and he might happen upon her star and wonder who she was. Yeah. And maybe then he'll, he'll discover her. Uh, maybe that's how the legacy lives on. So Catherine's kids love they're obsessed. Cass Elliot. They're obsessed with her. In fact, at one point my three-year-old said she wanted to be her when she grew up. And she wanted an outfit, <laughs> and we had to cobble one together. I mean, she just loves her. Oh, that is that is killing me. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, my mother had a 
very special place in her heart for 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 the United Kingdom, and and you you do know that she passed away there. Yeah, of course. Um, but she did spend a lot of time there as well, and and like I said, that record, uh, the road, um, was made at Trident Studios yeah. right there. And it, I remember being brought along for that trip. That's the only time I've ever had a passport in my entire life <laughs> was to make that journey at the age of five. Oh, you Americans and your lack of passports, for goodness sakes. There are other countries in the world, Owen. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a tourist. I'm, I like to stay on the ground. <laughs> I like to remain... I get that. Your, um, uh, uh, your mum, you were seven when Cass passed away, is that right? That is how yeah. much. I mean, well, seven's quite. You know, is 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 an. How much do you remember of um, Cass Elliot, the superstar? You say you went to some recording sessions. What else do you remember? Mm, I remember being at. You know, you remember things with through a child's eye, right? Yeah. I remember going to. You mentioned the the last record, the live record. Um, I rem- that record was recorded live at Mr. Kelly's in Chicago, and I remember being at a few of those shows, but my memory of being at those shows was actually just being very upset that I was not allowed to bring my jello <laughs> from the backstage to the audience. Like that was really where my mindset was. So <laughs> But jello's good. I mean I can completely Jell-O's understand that. Delicious. <laughs> But you, you were hanging out with. I mean, she had a lot of famous friends. She, the, the, one of the stories is that she brought Crosby, Stills, and Nash together. It's disputed in some areas, but she, const, you know, you were surrounded by rock stars when you were growing up. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 the the level in which she was instrumental in getting Crosby, Stills, and Nash together is the only fact that's disputed. She is absolutely the person who put that group. In, 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 you know, touch with each other. Yeah. Where it happened is always the question. That's the, dis- that's the disputed bit, isn't it? Was it her back garden? Was it some- but she kind of, wasn't she, she was looking after, she was such an Anglophile that when the Hollies came over, she was looking after Graham Nash. She kind of took him right. under her wing. And then she said, oh, you must meet my friend Stephen Stills and David Crosby. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happened. And Graham is a gentleman beyond being a gentleman. Yeah. I mean, he really... He really is, and um, to this day, you know, uh, every time I see him, couldn't be uh, more lovely than than he is. Like, can I just say, really? I love the way you say Graham, yeah, as opposed to the Graham, the the British Graham. Um, mm, well, I'm an American. I know, I love it. I love it. Um, an American what? with a Welsh first name. Like, what, <laughs> what's what, that about? What right? are you doing, Owen? Because I know that you you sing and you you kind of look after Mum's um, estate. What, what what are you doing? Uh, what am I doing? I'm raising two teenagers. Oh, man. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I have a 16-year-old daughter who looks more like my mother than I do. Gosh. Which, yeah, I know. And um, and a 13-year-old son and a wonderful husband and a, a little uh, sausage dog. And they must be, so, maybe not the sausage dog so much, but they must be so proud of, uh, they must be aware of, of their grand's legacy. You know, they, they are beginning yeah. to be come of it. I, I think, you know, when something grows up, when you grow up with something as your normal, um, as your normal every day, it, it's hard to put it into perspective, you know. Um, it's what you know to be your everyday life. And and my daughter, I think, is starting to get it a little bit. Yeah. You know, my, my son a little bit less, maybe. What, what does it say on the star? Because if you've noticed, we are d- doing our best not to say Mama Cass, because she kind of... Oh, am I right? She, the, the, after the Mamas and the Papas, she was desperately trying to ditch the, the Mama label that had been foisted mm. on her. Yeah, she, she was, and that is something that I actually went back and forth about uh, a great deal. And I, and I know that um, she definitely was trying to ditch that moniker. Don't call me but, Mama anymore, of course, yeah, is the, yeah. the song. But unfortunately, she passed before she was able to completely successfully yeah. get moved past that. And more people than not identify her as Mama Cass. And for that reason, um, I felt it was important. And the Mama will be in quotes. Okay, right. good. All right. But you know it what? There's an aff- there's an affection in that, though, isn't there? There is an affection in Corner Mama Cass. 
I think so. And, you know, it's, it's, it's odd because I've fallen into a, a habit of um, when, I'm, when I call my, my girlfriends and, and some of them, you know, are, are other children of, of the mamas and papas. And, and usually when I greet them, um, we've fallen into, hi, mama, how you doing? And it's a little bit more than weird. Flipping it, there's so much of this. I might have to cut some of it. Well, cut, no, I just mean there's a lot of words for me to say. I've said enough words well, already. You've not given me any words to say. Well, you, I think that is a ridiculous idea. Mm. You do, you do some now, I'm bored. Turns out this week was the 30th anniversary of BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, sort of, anyway. It used to be called Radio Bedfordshire back then. Here's Ian and Jonathan Vernon-Smith enjoying some clips of the station from the day it launched. And I say enjoying, they laughed at them. I hope there's not swearing on that video you're showing me. The first one was filthy. That second one was very sweet. <laughs> Video of your, your grand walking the dog. The first one was disgusting. How did you do that? <laughs> Who was holding the camera? <laughs> was it a selfie stick? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, what is you've now. What have you done here? You've put all this equipment in the uh, way. I can't see your face anymore. Yeah, no, I can't see yours, mate. That's a good reason. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Whoever you know, it's. I don't know. Hey, listen. Happy birthday. Happy birthday! So, what's happened to your eye? I've got hay fever. <laughs> Shut up! That's I'm not very nice. I'm I'm suffering here. What What happened to your legs? Oh, I've broken them. <laughs> why Why are you in a wheelchair? I can't walk. I can't um I can't even see properly out of it. So well, bad today. It is um. Listen, I'm, my computer's all gone to 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 um. What well, can only be described as cock. Hang on a second. Here we go. Right. Happy 30th birthday. 30 years of BBC Bedfordshire and Three Counties Radio. Today. Yeah. Well, do you know the full story? Because it was oh. originally BBC Radio Bedfordshire. Yeah. Then we rebranded oh. and it was BBC Radio Bedfordshire with hearts and bucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was catchy, wasn't it? Shall we have a little listen to the... the, the, the I think this is the... What, what am I about to play, Catherine? This is the opener. This is the, the first word said on air, recorded message from the station manager at the time, Mike Gibbons. Let's, let's, um, so this was 1985. Let's see how much fun BBC Local Radio was there. Thank you, Colin Berry. And despite the bad weather, we're here at long last and for the first time this morning, good morning, Bedfordshire. Good morning on this, our first day on the air. It's the end of ten years of planning and, at the same time, oh. the very beginning of a new 365 daily service for you if you live in Bedfordshire, North or West Hertfordshire daily, or North phrase. Buckinghamshire. Okay. This is your local service, giving you programmes you can't and find And, boy, doesn't else. it sound fun? Not just the most comprehensive news and information service in the area, but also in-depth coverage when we feature you your organisation and its activities, and your community's interests or concerns. There are 30 of us here, based in Luton and Bedford, and we're building studios... At this studios point, I'd have gone, wait, wait, no, is, is, <laughs> when, when are they going to introduce Hart to the area, I'm you know? Too. I hope you'll tune in daily and see what we can offer. Each day will bring something new, something special to somebody, and at weekends you'll really notice the difference from sport to arts, from memories to local musicians. Memories and local mu musicians. If only they could have predicted that uh, uh, I would be crashing their radio station on a regular basis and you would be tearing small companies apart because of a drinks dispenser that Gosh. doesn't work in a faulty fridge freezer. I don't remember it ever sounding like that. This is the, f this is the breakfast show. Hang on. And there'll be oh. people on Facebook going, oh, I miss we should get that guy back. Radio Bedfordshire. <laughs> no, we see we had better jingles. Monday morning, then. the 24th of June, 1985. My name is Gareth O'Callaghan, and for the first time, mm. welcome to breakfast in beds. Strong and Irish contingent. And when you <laughs> Gosh, they really. They really were um, um, easing people into the morning, weren't they? Yeah. This morning we were playing um, a, a country version of uh, um, ACDC. Or Vera oh. Smith, actually. Well, there you go. Well, that's... that's um, uh, that, that, that Facebook will be going, yeah, well, it should be like that all the time now. It's not like that anymore. They've ruined it. They've ruined it, they have. You must admit, though, the jingles were better. The jingles. I, I do like those. I'm a sucker for those old jingles. Mm. I do like those old jingles. They're stuck in your mind. Yeah. Oh, they're talking. They're talking out there. Sorry, guys, we're trying to do a radio show. Sorry, we were just discussing the fantastic caller. Okay, fine. <laughs> listen, I've got I've got the whole back catalogue yeah. of the last thirty years on have my you? computer. Yes, I have. Have you got my first ever show? I have got your first ever show. Would you like to have a listen to it? Yeah, go on. Okay, let me just. Oh, let me just uh, find it. Okay, <laughs> here is your first ever show.
Oh, hang on a minute. I've got to put the wrong, wrong photo. Here we go. Here we go. First ever show. Knockers are better. There we go. That's and boy, oh boy, things really have uh, changed. And, and, and this is and this is your this is your. Sh- remember that, go on, This yes. is your show from yesterday. It's got benefits and it's got disbenefits. It's got benefits and it's got disbenefits. From, from the the past to the present. Oh What's... yes, hardly anything's changed. <laughs> I can't remember why, but we were talking about Sir Leneth Hen- Henworth. Who no. wrote this? It's not right. Ollie. It wasn't Leneth Henworth. Flippin' heck! Lenworth. Sir Lenworth Henworth. This week, we're getting your Lenworth Henworth stories. And then Posh Damon called in to tell us this. And I've had to change some of that to make it good. Ollie. Damon, uh, I believe... Have you worked with Sir Lenworth? I did work with Sir Lenworth back in 1998, Happy that, Days. That was when... He, he was in Happy Days. No, it, they were Happy Days. That just was just general. when he was plain old Delbert Wilkins. <laughs> he was. He was several people at the time. <laughs> what, 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 give us your story. Give us your Sir Lenworth Henworth. Well, did, do you remember the smash hit uh, Sir Lenworth uh, TV series, Lenny Goes to Town? Um, do you remember... Uh, was, that, was that the one where he was a chef? No, 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 you're very close. Um, Sir Lenworth would travel around the country and go to towns and bring uh, <laughs> joy and laughter to And Theopolis towns. P. Wilderbeast. OK, right, yeah. so yes, he went, yeah. I worked on the pilot of that series, which was called Lenny Goes Wild. Okay. Um, and uh, the idea was that uh, every town that Lenny turned up in, he would uh, adopt various characters and play uh, hilarious pranks on uh, members of the public there. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Do you know, it was it literally was wild. Yes. Um, and uh, so we went to uh, Northampton uh, for the pilot and had uh, great japes there. Uh, but he had to spend a long time in makeup every day, making him transform from uh, just plain old Lenny into slightly disguised Lenny. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so one morning he'd spent like three hours in makeup and he was a bit of a grumple puss uh, oh, first thing in the morning and two hours in uh, two hours in makeup. Uh, and he uh, sent me off. Uh, to get him a, a, a lovely uh, cup of coffee to to keep him going. Yeah, and so he was, was of course, young... a trendsetter then because we weren't really a coffee drinking nation in those days. No, we weren't. And in fact, I had to go to the fish and chip shop to get him a cup of coffee. <laughs> wow! Uh, so there were no uh, 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 coffee shops around. Uh, so uh, being young and keen, I ran off uh, to uh, get the coffee because we were massively running behind time, yeah. and everyone was getting very angsty um, about uh, Lenny taking so long in makeup. Yeah. Anyway, uh, to cut a long story short, too um, late for that. Too late for that now. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's always sorry, I'm sorry. That's always my favourite line when someone says that. It's normally after that. It's, it's normally some old woman phoning into a health phone in on LBC, and you're thinking you should have done that ten minutes ago, love. <laughs> Go on, sorry, Damon. So I'm running back from the chip shop with my boiling hot cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup because yeah. um, that was a takeaway then. And he walks out of makeup and we clashed in the most spectacular way. Oh, and no. I threw my coffee all over him from head oh, to toe. Oh, no. And he was so angry. I mean, he literally was. Lenny went wild in Northampton. <laughs> there is still time. I don't know if you've got the Queen's address. It's one London. Um, you can write. You can write to her, and she can. There is still time to cancel the sirhood. Well, it, to, to be fair to him, he was so cross but so wet and so covered in coffee yeah. and everyone was laughing so much apart from me who was utterly mortified yeah. that he eventually did see the funny side of it and I, I just never bought him another cup of coffee after that. And but, never... uh, we, re- we remain very, very close friends to oh, when, when was the last time you spoke to Sir Lemworth? Uh, 1997. <laughs> Thanks very much for calling, Damon. Kelly is bunking off this week to sleep in a field with strangers, so we got left with Danny. Who's Danny? This girl. Hi. Flippin' heck! She's got a blatant disregard for everything. Right, OK, so exciting times. Um, what's the name of the young girl that's working with us today? What, you mean Man Me? Uh, yes. <laughs> Man Me is Danny. What's, what's her name? Danny, morning, Danny! Hi. Sorry, uh, I no, got stuck on the chair there. Yeah, you, you'll, get, you'll get stuck on that in a minute. Now, how many calls have we had explaining the mystery of giraffe's legs? Um... None. Right, because if it had been Kelly, we yeah. would have had loads of calls, mate. Right, well... So you want to buck up your ideas. Right, you uh, yeah. want to buck up your ideas, sunshine. Yeah. You, stop answering back, buck up your ideas. Well... I, why are you answering... Why is he answering back? Why it, are you answering back? It could... No. He's, doing He's doing it again! It again. No, mate. I'm not seeing any bucking taking place in there. Buck. 
Do, do you want me to call in? No, we're oh. the BBC. Yes, I do want you to call in. Oh, okay. In. And we're not allowed to do that, do we? Just call in. Okay. It's your initiative. I'm just, just asking a question. Buck up. You're... Tell him to buck up. Buck up, you. Oh, there Sounds ruder in Northern, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't it, just... This next bit is serious. Seriously serious. It's so serious that, ouch, we should put a warning on it like we're doing now. Old people are getting bumped by cyclists. Audrey called in to tell us about it. Don't interrupt! It's serious! There's nothing at all about the cyclists who are dangerous on the pavement. Nobody is allowed to say anything to them apart from the police. Well, you're allowed. No, that's not... Who's told you that? The traffic wardens who are coming back to... Cordwell Street, over right. Houndbridge. But the traffic in wardens. Uniform. Yeah, the traffic wardens. The, the cyclist on the street is, is not within the traffic wardens' remit, is it? No. No. But but other people can. You can speak to them if you want. Yes, but would you? Well, if they nearly knock me down, I'll tell them to go away. Of course I would. I'm sorry, but my age group doesn't use that language in any case. We Your age group invented that language. No, no, we didn't. Ian, stop it. Have you got but children? Please, Have really you got children? I've got grandchildren. <gasps> you invented that as well. No, I'm sorry, but this is really serious. I know, and I'm being serious. Why you? You're saying no one's allowed to talk to them apart from the police. Well, that's not true, is it, Audrey? Because you no can talk one to is them. allowed to control them apart from the police and their parents. Well, they are not there. No, please. I'm sorry. I don't want to be too long. Well, the pavement, the streets are clear. <sighs> yes, but the cyclists are on the pavement and. If what we a- move to one side to yes. avoid broken pavement, something like that, yes. the cyclist just hits us. OK, how many times have you been hit? I haven't been hit. Right, I'm OK. But I, yeah, well, uh, well, how many people do you know who've been hit? I, I know people have been bumped. They've been what? Sh- uh, shoulders get bumped and so on. OK, and were they injured? They have really been touched, and it's serious. And I'm sorry, I, I want to talk seriously about it. No, I, I, Audrey, I don't understand why me questioning you, and you obviously you don't have a little bit of fun, that's fine, but me questioning you, that, that is being serious. You've not been affected by it. How many people do you know who've been hit by cycles? Fortunately, we have more sense than the cyclists. So none. And we've learnt to look over our shoulders and so on. Right, so how many people do you know who've been I hit by... I don't know. Well, is it none, or is it one, or is it ten? If I don't know, how can I tell you that? Well, you, Audrey, why are you getting so angry? I'm just asking. You just said that you knew some people that had been hit by bikes. And... Whose shoulders have been hit, but I don't remember them. OK. Uh, may, I, uh, may I suggest that you're, you're finding up about a problem that you perceive might no. be dangerous? No, let me finish. That you perceive might be dangerous, but nothing's happened. It's annoying. You can tell them to get on the... Um, when I was a kid, old people were always telling me to get off the pavement. Go on. No, I've... Well, I, I've, <laughs> I've got nothing else to say. Day- I things would tell were different. things were different when you were younger, when the... you were a kid. Okay. Well, Audrey, have you spoken to the police about this? Yes. And what they have can't the poli- do anything? I, I, I mean, how often do you see it? Do you see it every day? Yes. There is a national campaign. The cyclists are claiming that they are in danger because of car doors and so on and so on. I wonder how many cyclists have been killed by cars. Well, I don't know. No. But. And how many cars... Excuse me, may I say something? ...have been killed by cyclists? Excuse me. Pardon? Excuse me, may I say something? Of course you may, Audrey, yes. It really is a menace. It's dangerous in in Bedford. But you've not been hit personally or injured? No, because I've got it more sense than some people. And Mm -hmm. I also I don't have to use a walker wheelie thing, which makes it even more difficult. And I'm not deaf. Huh? And so on. OK. Well, Audrey, you've put that message across very nicely. I'm, I'm hoping the cyclists will be listening. Well, we got her back on the day after her rant to tell the Secretary of Hertfordshire Wheelers and one of the directors and founding members of the Alliance of British Drivers about the time she had to get out of the way of a bike once. Did you write this? Punctuation. I mean, punctuation. Three words. Punctuation. Couldn't have, been. Have been, couldn't have been Ollie. It had to be you, because this has only just happened like an hour ago. 
Punctuation. My first statement is that it is illegal to cycle on a pavement. Excellent, thank you. But none of these incidents that you were concerned about happened to you or your friends, had they? Just to clarify. Hang on. Yes, they have. Oh, sorry, yesterday I thought you said they hadn't. Uh, what I said was that nobody had been knocked down. Now, in High Street in Bedford yesterday, there are works going on with scaffolding and so on. Cyclists coming with the traffic flow, on the, but on the pavement... Yes. Rode through, two of them, rode through the middle part of this construction, and I had to, walking up the high street in the opposite direction, I had to step out of their way onto the road. Okay. Well, that's outrageous that that happened. I know. Well, that's why I'm so annoyed. Yes. You haven't given me a chance to explain. Well, I gave you ten and minutes that- yesterday, love. No, you didn't. You kept interrupting. Okay. Well, you. you okay. Well, you. Please. You, you, please. You've. Ex- okay. Well, you've. Please. Ex- I've got a bit please. more. What? I've got a bit more. Then away you go. Traffic wardens, unfortunately, do mm. cross the town bridge because their headquarters are now in Cordwell Street. But they say to me they dare not say anything to the cyclists on the town bridge. Let me bring in my guest. Let me bring. Excuse me. No, you're no, interrupting. no. I am interrupting because we are, we are bound by the constraints of time, and we have two other guests on the line. Audrey, uh, Graham uh, Knight. Well, thank Gra- you for inviting me. No, on. you can come back. You can come back in. We've not finished. It's a conversation. Graham, uh, Secretary of Hertfordshire Wheelers Club, uh, Cycling Club, and I'm sure you wouldn't condone this kind of behaviour, would you, Graham? But it does give cyclists a bad name, doesn't it? Well, it, of course it does. And uh, no, I don't condone it. Cyclists should not be on the pavement. And I, I think it'd be, be interesting to ask people who cycle on the pavement, perhaps you can find one for your programme, why it is they cycle on the pavement. They, they must know it's illegal. They, they must know that it causes a lot of distress, particularly to uh, elderly people who uh, you know, are not so manoeuvrable. Um, they should be in the road. Why aren't they in the road? I, I presume it's because they think it's dangerous to be in the road. And that's, that's something that has to be tackled. Why do they think that? Brian, uh, from the Alliance of British Drivers, uh, d- cyclists do, th- you know, however much we have uh, good cyclists like Graham, uh, and there are lots of them. My father-in-law is a good cyclist. He loves it. There are the ones that, that give everyone else a bad name, aren't there, Brian? Well, there are. But as, as I said before, there's, uh, there's bad drivers as well and, and bad pedestrians. And, yep. uh, you know, I would echo what Graham said earlier about... Uh, training that we should really treat road use of any kind as a life skill and it should be taught in schools as part of the curriculum. Do they still teach, Graham, the cycling proficiency in school? Because I remember doing that when I was a kid. Excuse me, I taught that. Oh, of course you did. Uh, I, I think the, um, the, the, there is still training. I, it's, not, it's certainly not compulsory that there is a scheme that's run by the, uh, an organisation called the CTC, I think they run it, called Bikeability. And certainly in a lot of primary schools, they, they do do this, and it is trying to teach them how to cycle on the road. Uh, mm. I think one of the weaknesses of the old cycling proficiency was that it, it didn't actually take people out on the road. No. And it, it's, it's learning about the road and, and how motor traffic behaves that's the important thing that to, to give you confidence to cycle in traffic. Can I read you a message? Next time you see one, Audrey, ask them whether it's their mum who won't let them cycle in the road. Yeah. No, no, no. No. Uh, can, the can traffic... I... Hello. Hang on. No, yes, I will. The traffic wardens don't speak to them, so I'm... Hang on, Audrey, did you just laugh then? Did you just crack a smile, Audrey? Will you stop insulting me, please? We've got a message from James O'Brien on Twitter... James says, bloody cyclists. One cut me right up the other day when I was out in the Volvo. I nearly spilt my cereal. <laughs> so what? That's nothing to do with cyclists on pavement. You're absolutely right, and I'll pass that message on to him. Audrey, thank you so much. You've been such a good sport, and I really appreciate you bringing this to our attention. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you again. Gosh, we're not psychedelic. Some far-right right-wingers are going to get um, together... Mm. Far-right right-wingers? Yeah. Some far-right right-wingers. It sounds like a football team, doesn't it? It sounds like a racist football team. <laughs> that, that are re- really strong on one side, but not the other. So a right-wing group is getting together to have a little bit of a, a song and dance uh, in Luton uh, this Saturday. And we didn't really want to talk about it. We thought it was a little bit lazy to talk about it. What good is it going to do? Blah, 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 blah. Well, Steve did want to talk about it. And talk about it, he did. Yeah, too right. I'm livid. What, what are you living about, mate? 
Well, what right have the police and the council got to try and put an injunction on them two people in Britain first? We've got a right. We've been told for years. Dave? Children, you have a, we live in a democracy. We're allowed Hello? to protest. Yeah. Have they have, listen, at the listen, end of the day, if, somewhere, if they don't like, people don't like our views, people's views... You should go back to a Muslim country. Well, here's the thing, right? The the, on, the, the the racist idiots that are marching tomorrow, they've got a right to well, protest. Well, hold on, hold on. Where are you no. going racist? Mate, we're sticking up for the British way of life. We're not... We're not racist as such. It's just oh. we don't like people that are don't. That have got different colours. They're not compatible to Great Britain, and they should not be here. So you are, you are aliens. Are you a member of, of Britain First? No, but I support the okay. right wing because I'm fed up with the left wing and the middle. And they're the not Muslims. doing nothing. You're fed up with the Muslims. That's what you're fed yeah, up no, with. I don't want them here. No, of course they're, they're not. They're alien to our way of life. They're and, that's, and, that's not, and you're right. You're right. You're right, Steve. That's that's not. That's, that's my not, opinion. Steve, and I have a right of opinion. If Steve, the police don't like it, tough. Steve, the government don't like Steve, stuff. Steve, not Steve, you're right, and that's not racist. You're right, and that's not racist. Um, no, Brit, the, the, these idiots that are marching tomorrow—they've got every right to protest. Just ha- just as the council and the police have got the right to try and get an injunction to stop it. What's the point of throwing? What's the point of throwing democracy down people's throat no. for thirty, forty years? No. And you're allowed to do this, and when you no. go and do it, they go and stop it. No, but they haven't stopped you know it. I mean, just because you're upsetting, no. hello, upsetting hello. a bunch of foreigners. So what? They Stephen. upset me by living here. Okay, and that's you're right, Steve. That's not racist. Now, no, exactly. no you're right. You're right. My wages, they're nicking the job. You're right, Steve. That's not racist. You, now, now listen, Steve. You know why? They're doing it tomorrow, don't you? You know why they want to do the march oh. tomorrow. And you know why... I've, I've, police... I'm not Are you going to sure. let me go finish your sentence, me. Steve? Are you going to let me finish? Yeah, go on. Thank you, buddy. You know why they've chosen tomorrow, and you know why the police have got the injun- have tried to get an injunction for tomorrow? Well, I don't. Go on, tell me. Because Luton and Harmony are kind of having a bit of a thing. So oh, it, it, it could be perceived, it could be perceived, Steve... That these yeah. people who are definitely not racist um, could be trying to cause a little bit of trouble. You must, well, they do it when when the EDL and the BNPM marches. You had the uh, anti-fascist, so that, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if there's ten different marches. Well, no, it does matter ever so slightly. When Luton in harmony, Luton in harmony, Luton's, Luton is a dive. It's a dump. It's a ghetto. And why? Because of all the foreigners that live in there. And that's not right. Ra- not all Steve. of them. There are some. Don't get me wrong. There's some nice people. There's some the ones scum that, English people. The ones that play football and run fast for us. What's that? The ones that play football and run fast for us. We can keep those ones. No, I, I don't want Mo Farrow in the Athletics. He's a Somalian. How can he be British? He's not okay. British. How dare okay. he run for Britain? Okay, Mo Farrow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, he is. He's a Somalian. Well, How can you class him as British? He's not called Mo Farrow. That's for sure. Anyway. Well, we call something else, I don't know. He's called something else, yes. He's, he's, he's called Mo Farah. But that's fine. That's fine, Steve. That's absolutely fine. Listen, none of the views that you've expressed this morning, Steve, are well, racist. Then. It's nothing to do with race. It's a different way of life, com- compatibility to you're this right. country. You're living right. the way you're we right. live. If and people don't want to live the way we live, get them out. Megan told us about her petition to get a McDonald's Mackie D Golden Arches Bar in Biggleswade. She also gave us the latest on burger-based crimes. Have you spoken to McDonald's about this, Megan, about opening up this, this new store? Have you, have you kind of been in touch yeah. with, their, with their, their management? Yeah, I've let, um, I spoke to the Twitter account and they've sent me through to uh, the press office. Hey, nice. Emailed them. Okay. Did, finally, did they have they caught the Hamburglar now? The what? <laughs> have they caught the Hamburglar now? I can't. I can't say they have. I don't think. Okay, so the Hamburglar's still at, <laughs> still he's still at large, is he? Probably, yeah. See, that's just gonna you know people in Biggleswade are going to be reluctant to open one if there's a chance that the Hamburglar's going to turn <laughs> up. Yeah. Burgle the hamburgers. Oh, us. Oh, okay, I guess. oh, well, let's keep our fingers crossed that the authorities are looking for him. Megan, I appreciate your time, and, uh, and, and well done. Uh, let's see how this turns out. That's Megan Sloan. 03459 555. He's still at large. They seek him here. They seek him here. They seek the flipping Hamburglar every blooming where. All right, you've got to cut some bits down, make it work. OK. No longer than an hour and one minute. Yep. Why the extra one minute? Just an hour and one is, is the longest I can go. Why the atti- Why the extra attitude? I'm not giving any attitude. I'm Could you go outside talk- while I talk to Catherine about you? Now. Okay. Now. Actually, go. I'll just be outside. Yeah. No, just yeah. be well outside because this could get loud. Just outside. 
He is so dishy, isn't he? I just find myself, every time, I just find myself getting angry to cover up for the fact that he's just so drop-dead gorgeous. I feel so the same, but I'm trying to hold it back. Do you think I came across as too aggressive? Well, geez, I was going to say, I'm worried that I've bullied him a little bit too much because he's just so dreamy. Oh! Oh! Did you single? It doesn't I, I matter, d- does it? It doesn't matter these days, does Who's it? Who's going first? Let's, uh, let's toss for it. Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks, on FM, AM, digital radio and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 